You're tuning in to Pastar Prime, a show powered by Squad Locker. Here are your hosts, retired Astros minor league star Tip Fairchild and former Patriots All-Pro Center Dan Copen. Oh, you mentioned, did you see Holy it? Holy shit, is that cool? Did you see that in the theaters? No, no, we just streamed it, whatever, yeah. rented it. Because you were whatever. in New Hampshire. I was in New Hampshire this weekend. Um, all right, here we go. Episode 44, yeah. past our prime tip, Max, Dan, mm-hmm. uh, we're back for another edition. Um, Good guest. We have, Good yeah, guess. we have yeah. Uh, Albert Burt Breer um, from Monday Morning Quarterback, Sports Illustrated. I mean, this is this is a guy who actually knows his shit. Well, like he's not, when he's talking about teams and people, it's not like he, he's like, well, I talked to him yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> talking about like. Yeah. And if you've, you know, Monday morning Lamar quarterback Jackson is a huge, huge column for Sports Illustrated. It was started by Peter King. Burt Turk took it over. I had uh, crossed paths, paths, paths uh, with Burt over the years when he was a beat writer. And then we did some pre and post games together. Uh, good guy, knows his shit. Mm-hmm. One of the things he said, and we're going to get into the Urban Meyer and the the, the, the Gruden thing with him, so we don't have yeah. to bother cover, with that. Cover now. all good football stuff with him. Mm-hmm. One of the things he said um, in in our conversation was kickers is kind of like, are like equal to golfers. When, when the, I know exactly when, where when, you're going. When the swing is bad, you know, it just, it just goes <laughs> off the rails for a while and you, it's, it's hard to get it back. So, where I'm going with this tip is we played Friday. We did. We played Friday, and we were on opposite teams. Our carts, too, were number 12 and number 16. You Randomly. Went, no, no, not, not. Well, I grabbed one, number 12. <laughs> he went back into the cart or the clubhouse and into the uh, garage. I saw 12 sitting there. I said, I want 12. And he got 12. Yeah. And then after the, was it after the round? I was like, when we were on the range, you were like, I've got number 16. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to check. You You were like, oh, I got 12, I got 12. And I was like, I'm just going to check which card I got. It was 16, miraculously. It's Your amazing. new favorite player, Matt Castle. Matt Castle. We got the jersey there also. You have two, uh, you have two jerseys. See. I've got the Chiefs jersey right here. I might wear that one of these days. So, yeah, my new guy. Wish he was still playing. <laughs> I wish he did. I wish he was still doing his uh, the the reading of the lips. So if, if no, you have no one following is him, you need to follow it because it's one of the funnier things. There's I know that one. that's a thing, right? Like with a read the lips, like the one he did stuff. Was fantastic. He does a couple. Uh, he needs a new one this week. Can't wait to see what it's yeah. going to be. All right, but um, so we play golf. Yeah. Um, I am partnered up with Jenkins. Yep. Um, who we had on guest. the show, yeah. and we're going to set up as a paddle ball with him yes just to yep paddle ball bring it full circle you were uh uh teamed up (laughs) with uh paul yes Um, peloton rider paul our college expert college basketball basketball expert (laughs) that's right you so we were going against and i think you lost a lot i and that's i mean i haven't paid you yet i can still pay pay you maybe we'll do it live on there you did not um it was do you want to make fun I of me? Just, or do you want me to yeah, go down I, I want to make a, I want to make funny. Okay, go. Just yeah. because two club throws. Yeah, you don't. I don't see that out of you enough. And the <laughs> shit talking was at an all time high from the first so, tee. Were you nervous? No, I wasn't. Well, did nervous. you like that out of me? Did you like me to get a little angry? I don't play like that normally. I shot an eighty six. I've for never the people seen that are th- on the board. He he absolutely shot like shit. He could not hit a shot. Everything. I mean, you were going right the whole day. Not visualizing. Which is very the, rare for me. Too. Yeah, not visualizing. He wasn't visualizing. I was shit. visual. I was trying to visualize, and I, you know what I figured out? I figured something out two days after that. Literally, like sitting like in the room, like no club, just like practicing. And I was like, ah, I wasn't thinking about getting my right forearm underneath. And then I think I'm back. But <laughs> it okay, was it was not pretty though. No, you were, and I think it was on number twelve. 11. Was it Down on 11? Double club throw. Was it, it was 11. 11. And I haven't seen a club throw out of him, yeah. but when you're on the opposite team mm-hmm. and you're absolutely just stomping on them they at were the killing moment, us. And he hits a shot. I, I think you hit two shitty shots in a row, and then he hit another one, and all of a sudden you're... <laughs> About thirty yards down the field, this oh, is whatever club he was at. It was like nope. oh, was two ten out. Normally, I'd stick that thing like no is, problem. This is just a great day. Not only are we winning, we're having fun talking shit a little bit, and now he is just absolutely pissed. Pissed. pissed as mad as I've been on the doing. golf course Damage because been on the club. Oh. oh no, I don't even care. I, 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 there was a couple times where I was like, I'm I'm breaking this club. I don't care. 
and I didn't do it because my, you know, my calmness like prevailed. But I will say that I was frustrated after that round to the point of like didn't clean my clubs, could care less where my clubs are, didn't unpack my bag, don't know where anything is right now, don't care where my golf stuff is right now. It could uh, be at the course. I don't know. That's rare for me. Very that, rare. That, I haven't seen it. That I mean, that was. You're usually pretty consistent, and you'll hit you know a bad shot here and there, but yeah. you'll get it on track. That I mean, your first twelve holes. Oh, I do yeah. This. I don't think you parred until fourteen. I was. I think I was nine over through nine. Yeah. Like that's like that's my score. What was his whoop numbers that morning? I don't did know. Not have good recovery. No, no I didn't. My, I lost my charger, so my charger should be in my house right now. Actually, my new one, and I I have two. I broke two charges with whoop so far. I don't know why. I don't know. Did you, they, they're not waterproof. so That could be the one, some of the reason. That, but, that is just. Yeah, it was that, a very tough. I did write down two things. Tips Golf was one of them. And that <laughs> you was. Should, you should also say, hey, Venmo Dan, 45 bucks. 45 bucks. We'll do it live on air for you. But uh, yeah, it was a $45 loss. That, that one hurt. Awesome. But it was a beautiful day. We're going to do it again um, soon, hopefully. And then it was, uh, you had, you had uh, how, how were the clubs? You play, play well out there? I played well. I, okay, you know what? I was hitting some good shots. Yeah. Um, okay. I wasn't throwing clubs. You weren't. I, weren't, yeah. I wasn't throwing clubs. Okay, good. You know, we're still. Your I, game's coming around. Still haven't, play, I mean, still haven't played from the summer. You know, it's, it's getting back, hopefully. Yeah. Um, but. I, I felt bad for Paul. I don't care Paul if I. Had a, I honestly. Paul's I could, a I shot a, I could have shot 100 and we could have lost. You could the have. whole thing, but the fact that you were throwing clubs, know, and it wasn't crowded. You don't usually do it, so it's not that big of a deal. You weren't, you weren't yeah. angry I, I at anybody one, else. I launched one when nobody was Just. looking, and then I did a two hand over the head tomahawk. When I hit, like, when I was like, everything felt right, and I just absolutely was one of the worst shots I've hit. And I just, that was it for me. Yeah, if Paul, yeah. if Paul didn't make putts, oh, it would have hurt. You guys would have gotten been expensive, just slaughtered. But so he, I'm back with Paul, though. I want to be back with him. He knows that I I'm just a gamer. Would like to, I do, just would like Paul to know, because he's probably listening, mm-hmm. he did three-putt the first hole and lose it. He did. So there are three putts out there. Yeah, there he, are. He's, he, he just he forgets about those, and he's like, oh, I, I can make everything. I'm automatic, which isn't true. I, I was a content machine this weekend, though, with the Red Sox, the baseball. I've been a, I've been, I'm doing this thing where I just video the screen and talk. It's a calm voiceover. By the way, lots of... Of people look at it. I don't know if you've noticed that, Max. There's lots and lots of views on these, like tons. So I'm thinking this might be my thing. Is it the content that I'm putting out? Is it the voice? Probably a mixture of both. That's I was talking about the I oven. Saw, I saw voice. the one where you, oh, I'm, I'm going to switch up spots. I switched up spots you last know, night. Get we for we a didn't get a post game, going. though. That's was, I was kind I of upset asleep. this morning. <laughs> Like I, I don't do like one to close the night. I just pass it. <laughs> so uh, the Red Sox, though, they're on to the LCS. We have to go to a game. Do we? Come on. Do we really? Can we go to a game? I don't. I don't have tickets. No, I'll get the tickets. It's but possible. can we go to a game? No, it's possible. All right. I want to go up because the electric atmosphere up there. It feels like it's 2004 again. Is it that good? Yes. It's loud. It's booming. I thought that. Um, Yes, I, I hope they win. I, yeah. I, re- I really do. And I had you got a bu- the Sox out. Actually, on. Paul went to Paul went to the Yankee yeah. game. Yeah, right, right. Yep. The, the experience, tickets, the, the the energy in the stadium, phenomenal. So it would be kind of cool to see. All right, so we're gonna have to get up there for that. I love it when the Red Sox are in it. it makes it fun. It's just like when the Patriots are in it. it makes it real fun up here. Um, not a ton of people know every player on this team. Baseball players tighten up in the playoffs. Do they tighten? Oh up? yeah, it's tight. Is yeah. it like Guys they, they can feel it? Definitely, definitely. You can see it a lot with pitchers, even with like a seven-game series, right? They yeah, still tighten up. I, mean, I know pitchers are in control and all this stuff, but let's just say like a regular uh, position. Player. Yeah, Lau from Tampa Bay, he went over nineteen in the Red Sox series. Okay, that's not a good. And he hit like three thirty this year. Okay. <laughs> you know, like he's a good player, right? Yeah. So like, there's there's that that goes on. There's pitchers that get tight. I mean, Sale went one inning. Yeah, right. Like. It's, yeah, but Sale's not all the way back from his elbow. Correct? No, but I think that he, I think he's going to be nasty the rest of this these series. Like this is where somebody goes, okay, this is it for me. I'm on, and you know, maybe not it for him. He's got some time left, but it's like they'll risk it all to go try to win a World Series. Like Nathan Navaldi, like he wanted to pitch yesterday, and he just came off throwing 85 pitches. Yeah. Like he's normally, you know, I want to relax for four days minimum. No. Like, he's like, give me the ball again. I love that shit. So he'll be going game one? 
Who they who, who would they play? White yeah, Sox well, they or can, no the white the White Sox and Astros are playing right now actually. Okay, so Who's we up? should go grab some wings. Well, that's fine. Yeah, um, we won't so date ourselves. But we won't okay. date ourselves. White Sox, playing now. So it'll be White Sox or White Sox or Astros. Oh, Cora versus Astros. Yeah, in I know. Cheating days. That'd be great. Ooh, that'd be great. Good it'd be a little easier to get tickets too, but we could go to that. That would be fun. Um, football. We talked tons of football with with Breer coming up. Yeah, we won't. We won't. Ruin any of that with us talking about it. Yeah, we no, covered. Let's, let's we covered the hits. We covered. Let's the just hits. go to beer. Unfortunately for the Pats, the Bills are really good. But Mac Jones, uh, comeback kid. That was a good win. We didn't cover like Mac it. Jones at all. I he didn't like cover it. anything. We don't, we don't. We don't. I mean, yeah. or Brady. We're branching out. He looked good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, four something, five touchdowns. Jeez. Yeah, he looked okay. I'd pick him next ten years. You'll hear this in the uh, in the uh, interview. You got to pick one quarterback for the next ten years. I still might pick Brady. <laughs> I know you will. All right, let's get to Bert right, right. now, and uh, we'll see you. Now we got Bert Breer, who I've known for a long time. We've done some pre and post games uh, through NBC Sports Boston. Um, he is the lead writer, the lead guy, the guy at Monday Morning Quarterback right now in Sports Illustrated. Um, so he is the perfect guy to have on this week's show. Yeah. NFL, we're all about NFL, obviously. Boston guy, Red Sox too. I'm assuming mm-hmm. Red Sox fan. Yeah, yeah. Or you yeah, don't really I mean, care about a, baseball, do you? I like it's hard, dude. Like, like following baseball feels like a job now. I mean, especially when you have kids, it's like, I, just like a lot of work, like, you know, 162 games is a lot. And I used to love following it when I was younger, but it's just like, you only have so much time. And it's like, that's what's perfect about the NFL. It's like it like, and, and obviously it's my job. So it's different, but like, even like, you know, friends of mine, it's like the NFL is not like asking that much of you. Like baseball is asking a right. lot of you, you know yeah, what I mean? Every like, night, it's just every like, night be, with your team, yeah. the amount of tweets you have to put out. If you got to do 162 games, that, that would ramp up the That's numbers. A lot of, yeah, it's a lot of work. So, so yeah, no, I, I like, I, you know, I, I watched last night. I'll, I had it like on a second screen with the, the Ravens game, of course. And, um, but yeah, I mean, like I, I, I follow it like, but not anywhere close to like I used to. Yeah. So you're kind of like me. You're, you're a Red Sox yeah. fan, but maybe not baseball. Well, did you watch a game last night? I didn't watch it last night. See, that's, how do you not watch last night? Last night you needed to watch. I don't, I don't even know what we were doing. It would have been Dan's night. third game of the year, by the way. So we <laughs> no, it, it, it would have been my. It would have been my second. Second Red Sox game. Second right. Red Sox overall. overall. Like, I don't know some of the play. I don't know some of the players anymore. You know, so like it's like every time I go on, like you know, on like the sports hub, like I just gotta like hope that like you know. There's not going to be a caller who's going to pop in with a Red Sox question. Oh, there's no, yeah, like, there, like there's no chance during the football season. <laughs> that, it's it's straight football. Yeah, no no yeah. chance on yeah. that. But let's start close to your home. You went to Ohio State, mm-hmm. and probably a big Urban Meyer fan. What the hell? I mean, these are some of these things, especially like last last week with Urban Meyer, mm-hmm. where Belichick would come in after you get a few days off or after you get a bye week, whatever the case, a weekend. Would, here's what we're not looking for, and this would be Exhibit A. On right. now, but now we're talking about head, news, right? But now we're talking about the yeah. head coach doing this. What the right. hell was going on there, Bert? I mean, it, it's it's amazing to me because, I mean, A, like, and and Dan, you probably like would be good to talk about this part of it too. I like, I can't think of another example of a uh, of a of a head coach not going home with his team. Right. Especially after That was the first loss. thing that <laughs> Dan said, yeah. actually. He said, how do you not fly home with your team on that? That was the first thing you said. Thank about you, it. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, the only time I can remember it, and this is from way before I was covering, like I was in high school and this happened was when Parcells did it when he was going to the Jets, like after the Super Bowl in um, in 96. And I just, like, like, so that was the first thing that was sort of like, whoa, like, wait a second. Like, why wasn't he on the plane home? When everybody else was obsessing over the video, it's like, like, how is he not on the plane home? <laughs> yeah. yeah. On the vi- the that, video's like, bad I, enough I, for I, the whole family situation, right? Let's take that right, out of like, it. We, we know that. The video is the video. Like, and I, and, like, look, like, there are a lot of people in the NFL who live in glass houses on that sort of thing. So I think there's a reason why there were a lot of people keeping their mouths shut in the, uh, in the aftermath. But, I mean, like to me, like, and I've always felt this way, like, you know, about the, about pro athletes and having covered pro athletes is that 
Um, the one thing that you guys all have, Dan, is like you, you guys all have like an incredible BS meter. I don't know if I can swear here, but you guys can sniff out bullshit like like no one else. And so, like, I think the one thing that a coach can't do um, is is BS his players. The one mm-hmm. thing a coach can't do is present himself as something he's not. And um, the one thing a coach really can't do is when something goes wrong for him, he can't lie about it. And that was the thing that sort of, you know, I wondered a little bit about is like, you know, so a lot of times these coaches when they're in college put themselves on a moral high ground because they need to convince parents to send them their 18 year olds. Yep. Well, in the NFL, that does that stuff doesn't matter. Right. It's more like how genuine are you and are you real? And so like if he put himself on a moral high ground and that video comes out, obviously that chips away at his credibility. Um, and then the other thing was, you know, his explanation was sort of like, well, you know, like it was these, these 20 year old girls that came out, came over and were trying to convince me to do this or that. So like, I don't know how believable that is, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, yep. and so like, he just sort of like adds up and it's I like, do you have a credibility issue in the locker room? In fact, I, I think like the guys would have respected it more if he had just set, got up there and said, listen guys, I, like I went, I went out to blow off some steam. I had too much to drink. I acted like an a-hole. That's it. Yeah. Like, I think the, guys the, the guys would have guys forgot actually, about that by stretch the next day, probably if that was the case, yeah, they would have been I mean, over I think, it. I think it would, I think it would have gotten through it faster. Um, and so there's a lot wrong. I mean, I like, and the judgment too, like to speak into what you're talking about, Dan, it's like, like, it's like, you know, like the one thing you hear is like, you know, like when there's like a long weekend or, um, or bye week, you know, the one thing I had always heard players say their coaches said is, you know, don't go and embarrass me. Don't go and do something stupid. Don't yeah. put the team in a weird position, like have fun, but like, you know, make good decisions when you're out there. It's like, what is he doing? Like if there's one place in America where that guy is not going to be able to go into a bar without being recognized, where is it? Yeah, it might be there. It might be there. Right. Right. So like you added all of this up and it's just like, what are you doing? You know? So, um, uh, like I just, I, I think it was an enormous lapse in judgment and I think it has to do with so much more than just the video. Cause again, like I do think that there's enough people in the NFL like that, um, wouldn't want the precedent set up just the video alone causing a problem for urban Meyer. And I don't think it was the video. I think it's a credibility issue and, um, you know, and, and, and I think also the idea that he's not on the flight home is a problem too. And, um, you know, you, you'd, you'd hope that maybe like he'd take some lessons from, from having gone through what he went through over the last week or so. Does he just want out of the situation? You know, I mean, that, cause that's what games in, that's what what it feels like. It feels like, Hey, USC's USC's job is going to be open probably. And that's where I'll go next year. Right. It almost like he wants to be out of this situation. Yeah. So I had an interesting conversation with him just before the season. And, um, you know, I actually asked him, I said, like, you know, did you think you were done? And, um, you know, with what you've accomplished, why not just stay out? And, you know, he said that like, there was that, that competitive thing still with him that he still needed that outlet. Like he still wanted that outlet, like that the competition gave him, um, and he wanted, and he still wanted to coach. Um, but he told me, and this was very specific, I didn't want to go to college because I didn't want, I didn't want to go back to college because I didn't want to recruit and I didn't want to be like 24 seven, you know, on the, uh, you know, texting with 16 and 17 year olds and trying to convince their parents to send them here and all that different stuff. Like he didn't want to do all of that. And I believe that because like, that's a pretty common thing you hear from NFL coaches is like, well, would you go back to college to do this or go to go back to college to do that? And I mean, like, honestly, like the most common thing you hear from those guys is I don't want to, I don't want to go back because I don't want to recruit because it monopolized. It, it's just, it's I like, it's an all consuming thing yeah, yeah. that, you know, you're kind of tethered to for your whole life. So I, I do believe that he doesn't necessarily, the idea of going back to college may not appeal to him the way some people think it appeals to him. I also, I'm not sure like his pride would have let him walk away at this point. You know, if, if he gets fired, that's one thing. But do I think he'd walk away, you know, 0-5, it's just harder for me to see that knowing who he is. Yeah, I mean, mean, like you said, with the uh, – like coaching's tough in general, especially during the season, the hours and the amount of work that you put into that, not seeing your family the whole time. Mike Vrabel, you know, was an assistant under Meyer at Ohio State. Then he had a bunch of us 
thought he would be the next head coach at Ohio State. Played right, there, yeah. loved Ohio State, went right back after he retired, and you know seemed like he was on the fast, fast, fast track all the way up to the head job there. When he took the D coordinator job for Houston, I mean, mm-hmm. you you echoed it perfectly. He's like, I he don't, want to I don't want to do the recruiting yep. anymore. Because now that time that I'm spending in the off season with my family, no, nope, I've got to go on trips, and I've got to yeah. recruit those eighteen year old or eighteen year old kids. You know what I mean? So, it's one of those things where you sort of get it's easier to coach in the NFL or professional sports that way. Right. Well, what they always say, uh, Cope, is like they they always say, like the NFL is a lot of work, but at least when I'm off, I'm off. Right. Right. Like at least when I'm off, like at, at least like you know. Like if I can get home at Friday on, on a Friday, but you know, of a game weekend and I go home at like two o'clock on a Friday and I can go like maybe play nine holes of golf and then go home and have dinner with my family and go to my kid's high school football game. Right. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and if you're a college coach, like people don't realize that if you're a college coach, like you maybe have to spend that time out recruiting some kid, you know, or you could be at your kid's event and then you get pulled away because like, you know, this recruit wants to talk to you or that recruit wants to talk to you. You have to deal with that. It's just, so it's like, I think it's the lifestyle thing. Right. And again, like so many coaches have brought that up to me. It's like, they just don't want to live the lifestyle of a college coach anymore. Yeah, not to mention it, it's got to be different with all the um, likeness and the NIL and all that stuff. Like it must oh, right now, makes yeah, recruiting yeah, it's got to be different now. So much different. So that was, sure, right? You know what's fascinating about that, guys, though? Um, it was actually Brady Quinn who told me this. Like he um, he worked with Urban um, on Fox the last couple of years, and he talked to Urban about like the idea of all of that, right? And I thought what was really interesting was he's like, he said to Brady, basically like the one thing that I think is problematic about NIL for college coaches is that like, do I think they should get paid? Yeah. Like they they should probably get paid based on the money that's coming into college football. The problem is in the NFL, you're getting paid based on how good you are in like, like with NIL, it's not going to be based on that. It's based on like how many Instagram followers you have. I mean, like look and look at some of the guys who did the big deals in college. Now it's like Spencer Rattler at Oklahoma, like may not even be starting anymore. Right. And he's done better than anybody. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like, so I mean like Johnny Manziel back in the day was a great college player, of course, but he would have killed it. Why? Because he had a massive following, you know? Mm -hmm. And so like, I thought thought he did kill it too. Didn't he kill it anyway? He probably did it. Yeah, come on, Bert. Yeah. I mean, what are we talking about? Bigger, that, money, that, money, that money is just being brought out of the shadows, yeah. now, I guess, right? Yeah, one of the bigger deals in but, college is the is the female gymnast from LSU. I think she's making the most money out of anybody, and it's it's due to the Instagram right. following side. I can't remember her name, but it's that's. I think there's a little cross player at Boston College too that's doing really well because, yeah. like, and it's it's not like she has like the most massive audience, but it's like if you're an advertiser, like, say you're. I don't know, like your warrior and you're making lacrosse sticks and you're making lacrosse. Well, if you want to reach like a female lacrosse player audience, mm-hmm. right. like every one of her Instagram followers is, is in that market. That. Right? right. Like, so yeah. like people like that can make money off of it too. No, that right. makes sense. No, well, well, good job, Bert. I like that. Uh, what about Gruden now? I mean, that's obviously the, yeah, yeah, this the, is like the coach's corner is what I, we have today. I mean, the, the, this is, I mean, this is what story happened this week. I That's mean, right. you sign yeah. a ten-year, one hundred million dollar deal to be the come back and be the Raiders head coach. Mm-hmm. You're obviously the guy to turn this thing around. And now this guy's reputation and career is basically probably tarnished, right? Yeah, I I don't know how you come back from this. I mean, Keyshawn um, Johnson yeah, I, came out and said I saw him as he was back mm-hmm. then as a fraud. You know, he's just one of these I mean, go-getter guys. It's a credibility guy, a credibility thing again. Like, and I, and I think when your credibility is damaged, like that's like the worst thing that can happen to you as a coach. Cause then you, you know, you have a chance, like it really chips away at your ability to kind of connect with guys and get guys to follow you. Um, and I think those things where, you know, what he said, the, the, the stuff that came out on Friday was really bad. I think what made it worse was like when he tried to explain it away. And like his initial reaction was, well, you know, I didn't mean it that way and nothing like that would ever come out of my mouth. And, you know, like I, like, like all this stuff about like how, like it was sort of like, I'm trapped in a situation where I said something. And and then two days later, we've got like what he said on like what came out on Friday times 10 Mm -hmm. and it just turned him into a liar. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, so 
I, I don't know how he comes back from this. And you know, the other interesting thing about it is this was part of like the investigation into, into Washington. Is that in what it was? So, yeah, it, how they, did, so they were going into it's 2011, right? The investigation yeah. was into Washington, correct? It was into, it was into the workplace. So it was into right, right. the, the workplace stuff in Washington. Yep. And the reason it was part of that was because Bruce Allen, Yes, I think it, in eleven was the GM wound up becoming the, the 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 team president, but like all of these correspondents were with Bruce Allen. Okay, and so um, you know it's the whole thing's fascinating because it kind of like you know and I, I wrote a column on this today that uh, you know it kind of like takes you back to the old um, what Tex Stram said um, to Gene Upshaw and this was in 1987 during the player strike, and Tex Stram actually said in the middle of a meeting. Um, Gene, you don't understand. We're the ranchers and you're the cattle and we can always get more cattle. And so you look at this situation, right? Like this situation, like this was an investigation into the workplace culture in Washington that was fostered by Dan Snyder. Who's got full control. Who's got full control of the team now, by the way. Right. Who we like. And, and, and if you look at it, like, like that investigation, what specifics have we heard about, Dan Snyder. No, right. That's why. Like, how right. does this come out so like, fast? We haven't heard anything. Right. right. Like, who's the league protecting? Right. Right. And how is it that of like six hundred and fifty thousand emails, only emails specific to John Gruden are getting leaked now? Right. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, it's just, yep. it's, it, and and look, like I understand the part of, but there's a part of it here that's like, there's a part of it here that you're where you're definitely like, okay, like, well if the league was going through all these emails and it figured that like the Gruden emails might get out, then maybe they want to control it and say, okay, we're going to put those out there. But you can't tell me like, based on what we know about what was going on in Washington, 650,000 emails and only the John Gruden emails were the ones that had stuff like that in it. Right. Like no one buys that, you know? Um, And so like, that's, what's interesting about this one to me is like, you know, what happened with John Gruden, you know, I like the conclusion of it's whatever, like that's, that is what it is. Like, um, you know, and, and absolutely the Raiders could not go forward with him as their coach. Um, but like in the grand scheme of things, like, like how come we still haven't heard more on the other end of this? How come we haven't heard more about what's happened with Daniel Snyder? Like how come the result of this investigation, how come it's turning up stuff on somebody who was just sort of on the fringe of it, you know, like, yeah, wasn't and, even and, in and the league. How come it's, yeah, this, oh, this that, feels like it, cover he wasn't up. even in the league, you know. And to right. your point, what was I guess what was Bruce Allen's response? Did he respond to it? Why aren't you hearing that side of it? Is what you're saying? Right, right, right. I mean, the whole thing of it is just like it's. I mean, like I think we all know, like the NFL is a dirty business. It's <laughs> but again, it comes back to that whole ranchers cat, cattle thing. You know, it's the ranch was rotten, and everybody knows it, but. There's no way anybody. There, there's no way the people at the league office are going to um, are going to point the finger at the rancher. How much? <laughs> because how, how much did this catch him by surprise? Did he completely forget about these emails? Like, I mean, was it just like I'm emailing, emailing a buddy, right? I'm going to talk shit or yeah. whatever it is. Like, I mean, whatever the shit was said, like, yeah, it can't be forgiven. It's it's bad. You're old enough to know not to send that stuff. Not you're to, you're I mean, old. Like that, you're old enough not to say it in general. Not even just send it, but. You know, what well, that's the thing is, did he forget about it? Some, if you're someone working for, I mean, that's part of the problem, right? It's like, if you're somebody like, like if you take what, like what came out on Monday night and you go back to what happened on Friday with what he said about Demora Smith, like if you're somebody who's working for John Gruden now, wouldn't you look at that and say, man, he was comfortable enough to put that in an email. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yep. it's not a text. It's not a, it's an, he put it in an email. So there's no way that's the only thing he's saying. Right. right? And so like, I, I, I don't know if like John, like expected that that would be the only thing that would come out. I, like, I don't know why he pushed back um, on Friday night and into Sunday. Um, you know, I'm sure he knew to some degree, I'm sure he was contacted by the league over the course of the last, I mean, this investigation has been going on since July of 2020. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure like at some point, based on what was in those emails, like I, I'm sure at some point the league contacted him and asked him questions about it. So like, I'm sure he knew this was floating around out there. Um, I, my understanding is the Raiders did have the emails. So the Raiders did know uh, about it. Um, their handling of it over the last few days is baffling to me because of that. 
Yeah, it's. I mean, when I see something like that, it makes you think about anything that you've done in work. Like that yeah. when that stuff comes out, like me being in, you know. So I was with the Astros for a while, but wasn't emailing people during that time when I was playing ball. Like I didn't have my own personal email, but then I've been in the work environment for twelve years now, right? Mm-hmm. Eleven years. Yeah, it's like. Twelve years ago, do I remember what I said? Ten years ago, do I remember what I said? No, I know it. I don't, it. I I don't think I, mean, I said anything bad because I'm not I mean, the type person. Have, but geez, you know, I have like buddies who, you know, like my college buddies. Like, I look at like our text strings oh, yeah. and like, I'm like, I, like it's almost like, and it's when you're when you're that age. Like, I shudder to think of like like when I was a teenager. Like, when you're a teenager, you're in your 20s. It's almost like a competition who could say the most outrageous shit. That's right. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? and it's like, on text strings with multiple people all the time, right? Like, I mean, I, there's yeah, text I mean, strings like, on my phone that go back probably to 15 years, which is crazy to think. Is, like. I mean, so it, you're it, asking, is there a statute of limitations on stuff and no, taken well, out of context? Because, no, it's a fair point because, uh, like, some things are acceptable, like, 15, 20 years ago to say. They're not acceptable this, now. I get that. The things right. change. But how can you hold somebody accountable for something 15 years ago was okay? You see, you see like on uh, TikTok or anything, it's like, hey, would, th- would this scene in the office, could you play this now? Would this scene in Family Guy, could you play this now? Or And it's like, no. Look, I'm not, even, of them. I'm not saying like Gruden yeah. was right to say that 11 years ago. He wasn't. But some things that people get canceled for now or get fired for now then might was not been, maybe right? yeah, then I think I, not I as bad. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the context of it, like, I mean, shoot, like, damn, me and you were about the same age. Like, the stuff that was okay when we were in high school is not, I mean, I had this conversation yeah. with my high school coach. Um, I mean, when he, like, I, I went to a game, and this is probably, like, right around, like, when I was 20 years out of high school, something like that. And, um, you know, we were hanging out with him. Like, a few of us were hanging out with him after the game. He just won his 300th game. And, um <laughs> He said to us, like, he was like, the shit I used to say to you guys, like, I couldn't touch that now. No, that's right. Yeah. I couldn't come close to saying that's the stuff that I used to say to you guys now. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's, it's the reality of it. But I think it's important context, too, like you're saying, Cope, you know, like, I, I don't, there's there's stuff that was okay back then that's not okay now. And mm-hmm. I think we all understand it. And I think that can be, in, I think that that can be important context for, like, comparing, like, something someone said and say 2005, like, well, if he said that now, it would be much worse. Right. Mm -hmm. But we have to take into context the period of time in which he's saying it, too. It's not the same thing. Right. Well, regardless. Regardless. (laughs) Coach's corner is over. It's not a good good, good thing for him. Why do all the kickers miss all the kicks this weekend? What was going on? I have an interesting theory on this that I've heard from some special teams coaches. Um one the and I just think that this is kind of something to to keep an eye on um, going forward. The, what a couple of them has said to me over the last couple of years is that when they moved the extra point back, that really messed with the kickers because kickers used to use the extra point to sort of work on their stroke. It was almost like being at the driving range for them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they would get out there and it's like if something was funny or didn't feel quite right, like in a game setting, they felt like they could work it out in a live situation when they were kicking extra points Mm -hmm. and taking that away has sort of messed with the equilibrium of kickers. And I know Cope, you're probably sitting there and and thinking about how, how soft that might sound. (laughs) No, not at all, Bert. Not at all. (laughs) Not at all. But it is, but, but I do think like, but, but I do think like, I do think like, you know, for a kicker, it's sort of similar to being like a golfer, right? Like where, a golfer, like a little something can be off and it can throw you off completely. Right. And that's why like, like, like you watch like Mason Crosby on Sunday. I thought that was like pretty amazing. Like he missed field goals on three straight possessions and was able to kind of gather himself and get it together and nail a 49 yarder, which isn't a short field goal to win the game. And I, you know, I had him on the phone um, afterwards. And I remember saying to him, I'm like, I'm like, God, like, you know, I just think of myself on the golf course. And it's like, if I have three or four bad holes in a row, I'm like that fifth hole is going to be awful. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to be putting it in the woods. I'm going to be like taking three swings to get it out of the brush. Like it, like it's going to be ugly. Mm-hmm. And it's like that, that ability to compartmentalize bad shots, you know? So I think like, if you mess with the mind of a kicker a little bit, it can throw everything off. And so I do think like that, the extra point, like the change in the extra point has, actually had an effect on the way kickers do their jobs. It's amazing. 
It, I mean, it, it really, it really is amazing. And, and kickers are people too. Kickers are football players. And I n- understand that reference that you gave with golf because it's, I, I think it's all mental. And a lot of those guys yeah. are head cases in that locker room. And if they get on a bad streak, you don't even want to talk to them. Right? Is you know, like there, you have like hockey goalies are the same way. Oh, maybe you, maybe like uh, closers in baseball are the same way. Or it's pitchers. Like that. Just mm-hmm. let them do their own thing. It's such a mental Kickers, thing to do. Repetition like, and just feeling that 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 motion that they're doing that sling. Right. It was wild go. though. There were so many missed kicks, and I've always I get nervous now when there's a touchdown and there's supposed to be an extra point. I'm like, this isn't hey, this isn't tied up yet, right? Yeah. In those well, situations, it's, it's no longer 99. percent That's right. That's right. Free, what is the percentage point. now? Do right. we know the percentage now? I don't have it in front of me. I wish I had it. I bet for it's, you. I I bet mean, it's, it's down quite a bit. Eighty percent. Let's go eighty percent. I bet it was. It was. I believe it was like well, Belichick was one of the leaders on this. Like he wanted to make it a more competitive play, which it, and he thought yeah. that it wasn't a competitive. Which yeah. now is a compa- Now it's very much a competitive play. Mm-hmm. Bert, are we buying Cardinals Bills Super Bowl? I'm buying the Bills. Um, you know, I just think that there's a there's a a good group of guys in that locker room, and you know, I I think in a lot of ways they're able to do now. Um, what you guys were able to do in new England in that they can bring in guys that might've had issues other places or weren't perfect other places and turn them into one of them. And I think Stefan Diggs is the best example of it. He's a captain. Mm-hmm. He had two catches the other night. You know what he was doing at the end of the game? It's like waving his towel and cheering the defense on, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just see like a really good culture in place there. They've got so many guys that are, that should still ascend. Right, like young players, like and Josh Allen's one of them, but he's that's the tip of the iceberg. Like Diggs, Deion Dawkins, Dawson Knox, um, you know, on the other side of the ball, Ed Oliver, Tremaine Edmonds, Tredavious White, like all of these guys who should just continue to get better. Um, I love where the Bills are, and I think that they they're going to be a force for some time to come. And I think Josh Allen's you know locked in as a top five quarterback for the foreseeable future. The Cardinals. I'm interested to see what happens with them because I think Cliff's done a really good job in that. Like one of the things that they wanted to do, they wanted to get better in critical situations and they want to mature. Um, they wanted to get more mature in the off season. And that was one of the reasons why they went and they got JJ Watt and AJ green and, and Rodney Hudson, and these guys who are good, solid pros. Um, and I think you've seen them do that over the course of um, you know, the early parts of the season. I wonder how the older guys hold up over time. You know what I mean? Like, I wonder how some of the older guys that are playing critical roles for them are going to hold up over time. Um, quarterback's incredible. Yeah. Um, I think the coaches on both sides of the ball have done a really nice job, um, but they play in probably the most difficult division in the league. Um, and having to see the Rams and the Niners and the Seahawks, and maybe the Seahawks less so now without Russell, but it's just, just to me, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, where your older guys, where your JJ's, and your AJs and your Rodney Hudson, guys who've had injury problems in the past, how those guys are going to be, how those guys are going to hold up when we get to, you know, say December and January. Let me ask you this. I came in with Cliff uh, in 03, know him really well, great guy, good coach. And you've seen, but when you go to coach in college, it's one thing. And then awesome you go to the, at the bar. What's that? Oh, he's good. Yeah. Awesome at the bar. Superstar at the bar. Oh, he's a superstar. Oh, he's a good-looking dude. Oh, he looks, I mean, he's single. He looks still. like uh, Ryan Gosling. He really does look like Ryan, Ryan Gosling. He's doing he's doing those photos in front yeah. of the fire pit during the draft perfect. and shit. And just yeah, like, hair's Cliff, perfect. Get over yourself. Yeah, yeah, white, white, white. Probably his abs. Down. Does he have abs? Probably his abs. Probably yeah. He's got abs now. I'm like, us. Um, but you've seen these transitions. Urban Meyer's a good example right now. It's not necessarily transitioning. Not not working out in the NFL so far. Uh, Saban, it didn't work out. How is Cliff doing it with the offense that he played in and then what he mm-hmm. did at Texas A&M and at uh, Texas Tech? It's a completely different system. Is it just having that quarterback to be able to do it? Quarter, well, I mean, he's got his, receiver, his receivers are insane too. Yeah, the quarterback, the receivers, that's all part of it. Um, I think there are three other things that I would look at, right? Number one, it's like having an organization that's all in on you. Right. And I, and I do think the Cardinals have been all in on him. And so they're getting him the players to make what he does work. Like that, I think that's important. Number two, I actually think his failure helps guys. 
Like, I think the fact that like, you know, he fell on his face at, and that's maybe a little strong, but he didn't succeed at his alma mater. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it's going to be a little easier for Cliff Kingsbury to do self-reflection going into the NFL than it was for say Urban Meyer or Nick Saban. Right. Like where if you're Urban Meyer, you're Nick Saban and everything you've been doing works like how much motivation are you going to have to question what you were doing? How much motivation are you going to have to change your ways? Cliff like had that, like when he was, when he comes out of Texas tech, he got fired at his alma mater. Like there was going to be some self-reflection there. Mm -hmm. And there was definitely going to be a, I can't just roll out the plan I had at Texas tech and expect for it to work in the NFL. So that's number two. And then number three, I think just the fact that he was at Texas tech like helps because you know, you're, you're in a situation, it's sort of like Matt rule coming from Baylor where you're going up against teams that have the advantage on you rather than the other way around. Mm-hmm. And so at Texas tech, he, he had to find ways to try and keep up with Texas and Oklahoma, right? Like it wasn't just, well, let's just go recruit everybody under the sun and we're going to wind up with better players than everybody else. Yeah. So I do think that that is part of it as well. So those three things I think would be the things that I would look at with cliff. I also think playing in the NFL helps. Like I think the fact that he was a player, I think that there's definitely some benefit there and that like he probably had better perspective than some guys do coming out of college of the differences between the pro and college games. Imagine being like Kyler Murray too. He could be playing center field for the A's or this, right? And I actually (laughs) thought that was a bad decision because baseball guaranteed money that high of a draft pick. Like you're going to get there probably quicker. And then all of a sudden now yeah. he's like, he's just, a, you know, I mean, he's so fast out there, but he'd be, he'd be in the MLB by now too. Like probably, it wouldn't yeah. have taken him that yeah. long and he probably would have signed a deal. It was just crazy. Like somebody could be that talented. Blows my mind At away both. sometimes. Yeah. I mean, like, I think he was the first ever to be top 10, a top 10 mm-hmm. pick in, in two sports, two which sports is incredible. It's unreal. I actually, you know, and he's so unique. Like it was interesting. I had, uh, I, I, I'd been like kind of searching for like, who does he look like? Like, cause he has such a unique running style. Right. And then, and then it hit me that it, like, he looks like the road runner and yeah. uh, <laughs> doesn't he like, you know, like his upper body doesn't move, yeah. but his like lower body's going mm-hmm. like that. Right. Like, so it's just like the yep. road runner. And uh, so I, I mentioned that to somebody um, in the press box when I was at the Patriots bucks game. And I had the revelation. I did not know the road runner was actually a real animal. I thought it was just a cartoon character. Did you guys know no, that? No, I did not know that. I actually think I did. I'm, <laughs> did you? I, I might I'm, like you may say I'm bullshitting you right now, but I'm pretty sure I knew that was an actual That's animal. Well, good. I was going to say. I did say, not know it was an actual animal. I was going to say he looks like the guy in like NCAA football 2002, 2004, yeah. where you could 99 speed, 99 agility, put the spats yeah. on him and like make him 5'6 and let him run around. That is what he looks like yep. out there. He flies through. I mean, nobody can touch him. It's incredible. So when you make the dynasty, you take like a, you take like University of Maine and you turn them into a dynasty with that (laughs) athlete. You know, that's not going to happen. No, but that's what you did in the game. That's what you did into that in NCAA two thousand four. Oh no! I mean, I was an expert at making, at giving all those guys swag. You put a single digit on, you know, your 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 rush end. Shade. You get the uh, the, the eye shade on the visor. You were you were ahead of your time. You were ahead of your time putting the single digits on people. Now one more quarterback thing for me. How good is Lamar Jackson? Is he like this good? I mean, you you were he firing tweets out about him. him. Like he looks, uh, he looks so good, and like you don't think about him ever. It feels like, and here he goes. He comes back last night. He's got great stats. I mean, like I I think you got to give him credit for the amount of work that he put into becoming better as a passer because he wasn't this coming out mm-hmm. of Louisville, and I think a big piece of that was it's sort of like what we talk about we we just talked about with Cliff where when something works for you maybe some maybe you don't develop something else right like because he was able to out athlete everybody in high school and college. He wasn't as developed as a passer. Didn't mean he couldn't do it. Just wasn't as developed as some other quarterbacks were um, because he could dominate a different way. And I think you got to give him a ton of credit because the guy worked his ass off at becoming a better passer. And, you know, it was interesting because I, you know, when I talked to him about over the summer about it, um, he mentioned the work that he was doing with Tom House and everything else. And he said he really looked at like the way he was being defended and it was obvious to him like, okay, like people don't think I can throw with accuracy outside the numbers, Mm -hmm. you know? And so they're going to force me 
to they're 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 gonna force me to stay in the pocket, they're gonna force me to throw outside the numbers. So I have to be able to make them pay for that. I have to be able to make them pay down the field and outside the numbers. And he worked and worked and worked at it. And I think what you saw last night um in that game against the Colts was like he is able to do things as a passer now that he wasn't able to do anymore. And people can't defend him the same way as they could two years ago. And remember he won the MVP two years right, ago. Right, right. So, yeah. I mean, I think it's just a great credit to him and um, you know, it's awesome too. Cause like you just, the people you talk to have been around him, whether it's Harbaugh, his staff, the, the other players, I mean, he's just the most humble kid. And like you get the feeling like he just genuinely loves playing football and is only interested in getting better at it. Right. And you know, the, what we saw last night, I think is a great tribute to his commitment to getting better. I think, I mean, as analysts or whatever you want to call them or writers, Hey, they got to find something to write about. And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. that's an easy one to do. And we can write about it until he changes it. The thing was like quarterbacks, like a bunch of quarterbacks over the years have changed and improved regardless but look at how old this kid was this kid was how young 21 yeah. 22 when he came yeah. in he's a young kid still developing so you know for him to get that that young you know he could be he could be as good as he wants to be right and i think it's like part of it's like just what football is you know like it's you know i i i mean look like you know he played for bobby petrino at louisville bobby petrino at louisville yeah, his job is to develop Lamar Jackson, but his first job is to win games. So how is he going to play him? Yeah. You know what I mean? He's going to play him yep. in a way that's going to help Louisville win games. And the best way at that point to, at that level, to win with Lamar Jackson was to just unleash his superpowers on everybody else. And to some degree that made it. So I think like, you know, some of the development as a passer didn't happen the same way as it would maybe with another quarterback who's dropping back and throwing it from the pocket 400 times a year. And, uh, you know, it's a credit to Lamar again, like that he was, you know, he's able to kind of identify, okay, like this is how they're getting me now. And I can't play the same way I always have. And I can't just lean back on my, my instincts to do ways that do things the way I always have done them. I've got to develop other parts of my game. And he's absolutely positively done that. Out of all these guys, 10 years, you got to put a quarterback on the field. Like all these young guys, next ten years, Mahomes, who's, who's Murray, the one you select? Jackson, there's good I ones. Allen. I think it's still Mahomes. Yeah. Um. I think. I mean, I think it's like in the league's in great shape if you look at it. Like I think Burrow. Like in addition to the guys Off you Joe mentioned, Burrow. like yeah. you know Allen, Mahomes, Murray, um, you know Herbert. Like I, I think, I think you know Trevor Lawrence is in that category. I think Joe Burrow's one not enough people are paying attention to, but if you watch him and then you talk to the people who are playing against him, they'll say like, like I had somebody from the Packers say to me like, that dude's a G <laughs> coming mm-hmm. out of the game on Sunday. And so like, I think that there's the league's in really good shape as far as like the crop of young quarterbacks that are there now. Trevor Lawrence, I think is in that group too. Um, if I had to take one, it'd still be Mahomes. And I think, you know, you have to consider Lawrence just based on where he was coming out of college versus, you know, prospects over the last 30 or 40 years. But the one guy is maybe sort of think about that, like, you know, okay, versus Patrick Mahomes versus Trevor Lawrence is absolutely Justin Herbert. He looks like an absolute monster. (laughs) Like some of the stuff that he's doing. Absolute cannon on him. Cannon. I mean, there's just, I mean, he's one of these guys where you look at him and it's like, all right, like, what is it that he can't do? You know what I mean? He like, grows hair I, really yeah, fast, by the way. Yeah, he does grow hair. Really they fast. shaved his head last year, and he's, yeah, he's got a got full yeah. full flux going on right now. Dude, that dude, that haircut last year was kind of unfortunate. Uh, there's impressive. something I won't say in here. Like that, I there's there a comment I made I, I couldn't make last year that I that I wouldn't say here that I'll text you later. <laughs> no, he, we won't so, leak it. Don't I'd worry like to about see it. him throw a baseball. Yeah. I'd like to see see Herbert like just actually get on the mound and like throw a baseball. I bet he has extreme. Well, velocity. what do you look for though? What, like, what, is that just because like because uh, he's got long levers and? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it translates. It doesn't translate that well, actually, but. Sometimes it's just this arm strength where his release and the way the ball gets on receivers is so fast. Like the the ball, yeah. I mean, these guys, it's got to hurt to catch a ball coming from him. Especially, I saw him step up in the pocket, I think, two weekends ago and like almost kind of checked down a ball to somebody yeah, yeah. like eight yards. Too close. And I was like, how is that? It wasn't a catch, but I was like, who would catch that? Nobody would. 
I mean, he just threw a football. Well, I, remember like he, somebody, I remember talking to somebody about, like, I can't remember what. It might have been Merloni. I was talking to somebody about having to face Randy Johnson mm-hmm. and how because he was so tall, he's 6'10 or whatever, yeah. right, and, like, mm-hmm. had long arms. Like, it felt like by the time, like, by the time the ball was coming at you, it felt like he was, like, three feet away Yeah, from it's on you. top of you. Right, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yep. he was, like, yeah. And so I guess, like, Herbert would sort of be that way because he's tall, but he's also got, like, the long arms mm-hmm. and the stride where it would look like maybe, like, he's right in your face when the ball's coming, you know? Yeah, he looks – I mean, he can just sling it. I love watching him throw the ball. He's he's maybe my favorite other than – if next he's 10 years, player, I man. still might take Brady next 10 years. <laughs> hey, with that, that team's fun, too, because if yeah, you look yeah. at their receivers, it's like a basketball team, right? Yeah. Like, the receivers, like, between Mike Williams and Keenan Allen and Jared Cook's there now – like all those guys are like six three, six four, six five. It's tough to deal mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. With everything that you know and what you have to do and all you have to write, do you just have a favorite player that you would just sit down and watch and not think about what's the next story? Guys that I like to watch. Um, I mean, Lamar's up there. That was so much fun watching that last night. Um, you know, I, I think like they're, they're the quarterbacks, of course. Like I think all the young guys are really fun to watch. Allen, Herbert, Mahomes, Murray, all Lamar. Right. Um, you know, all those guys are a lot of fun to watch. I, I'd say, um, you know, I, I've got an, such an appreciation for the corners, and I don't know why, but I just I have such an appreciation for that skill and the ability to do that. And so, um, you know, like a. Jalen Ramsey, I loved watching Revis back in the day. Yeah. I mean, I just thought what he did was superhuman, the way he could just shut the guys down. And I know it didn't last that long, but, you know, watching a Revis, watching a Gilmore, watching a, um, you know, watching a Jalen Ramsey now, um, I love watching those guys. Um, yeah, and then I think it's like the freakish tight end just because it's like, to me, like that's like such a, it seems like that's harder to find. Like they're like, and I love the group, like watching great receivers is, is fun too. Like watching your, you know, your Hopkins, um, you know, your Odell, like those guys is fun too. But I just feel like like the, the overwhelming tight end, it's just for one reason or another, I don't know why it just feels like it's harder to find those guys. So like Gronk and Kittle and Kelsey, like there just aren't as many of them, right, right. you know? Yeah. And so like those guys, I think are really fun to watch. Those guys and then are, if you those want to go back to the, the day, I'll give that. Yeah. This, I guess yeah. I'll question. give you Belichick's favorite player too. Ed Reed was incredible back oh, in the good. day. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I remember. I remember. So, like, if you know where, like, the and he was playing you know, for the Ravens when I was covering the Patriots way back. Um, and if and and Cope, I'm sure you've been in the Patriots press box. Like, it's in that the, the, that corner of the end zone, right? And so, like, from that perspective, you could really kind of like I was. I used to love watching him because you could really get like kind of an idea of watching from there just how much ground that dude was covering. It, it, you know what it, I mean? Like it, it, it was amazing. There was, that was the one team where you just mentioned guys. There's only like, like Bill will give you a few keys throughout the week of what you do. And he, if you hit those keys, two out of three, three out of four, you usually won the game. Well, Baltimore's defense keys were Ed Reed, Ray Lewis, and like Haloti Nada or something like that. It's like, mm-hmm. you've got to take care of these guys at all different levels. And I've never seen Brady every time that we played him, come off the field, whoever the backup was, like, tell me where Ed Reed was at the start of the play and then tell me where he ended up at the end of the play because he, you're right, he was so fast and so good at reading and anticipating everything where he might be one place, but you've got to be, when you let the ball go, you got to be ready where he's going to be when you let it go. It was like he had the play call. It was amazing. He, he was such a <laughs> was smart, a, it dynamic. It was literally like he had the play yeah. call. Like, he was that good. You're, you're absolutely when, correct. When you're watching a game, I was going to ask you this. I'll ask you both. When you're watching a game, I watch the quarterback, right? When the ball snaps. Like I'm, are there, is there anybody that watches a different position? You know what I mean? Do you I watch like calls. a receiver? Do you watch a certain tight end? Like, cause I'm just watching the ball, right? <laughs> so the ball. <laughs> I, I think it's like for me, um, and Cope, I'd be interested to hear how you answer this question. But I, for me, like it's like normally, like if there's somebody who's just outrageous, I'll watch it. Like I, mm-hmm. and I'll take it to my own monitor. Like when Chase Young was a junior at Ohio State, it was like every defensive snap I was watching him. Yeah, <laughs> it was, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. incredible what he was doing. You right. know, and so I think when you get guys like that, like like I like the guys I mentioned, like like Revis, but I, I think it takes like for me at least it takes like a special player being on the field for me to take my eye off the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I go I go snap the ball but then I'm always looking at the line, I guess, just just oh. because I played it. Yeah. 
Synchronized. For that, you like the synchronization? I mean, I watch a lot of Pats games now, so I don't watch everybody else, but the calls are still the same. So I know what they're doing before the play snapped just based on what calls they're doing because they put the microphones on the center, I don't know how many years ago. It was such a bullshit move. But like yeah. quarterback, I mean, it's like it's you a, can actually hear. It, it I only hear the quarterback. It's voice. a competitive disadvantage because you're watching the live version. They wouldn't watch that before, but now Tommy and Peyton would always watch the live version just so they can hear calls now. Mm-hmm. So if right. I hear the call, I know it's coming up, and now I'm like, okay, who's going to mess up here? What happened? So okay, all right, that's what I do. Yeah, I mean, I just watch the ball. That's all I know how to do. That's good. So you should just keep watching the that's ball. That's what I do. That's what I do. Watch the ball. <laughs> watch the ball, watch and, the then ball the opening, and hope with your heart. The opening lines and the over-unders. Well, that's Bert, Bert, what is your favorite Gatorade color of all time? Oh, uh, I sort of like the um, – so when I was younger, I used to like the – like light blue, like you know, the, the, the whatever glacier freeze, I think it was, yeah, right? Yeah, that's not an original, um, though. I'd say more. Well, yeah, I mean, like, I think everybody growing up drank the red, right? Yes. Like, I, I drank the, like, the fruit punch, absolutely. Like, that was the that was that that's the classic. Then the grace glacier freeze came out. I sort of like that. That was like that was like really, really good for hangovers. I do remember that <laughs> the uh, the glacier freeze, and then more recently. Um, because I can't like, I mean, I'll feel like I weigh 300 pounds. Like, like if I, if I eat or drink the wrong thing, now I go with like the G2 purple. Yeah. Less sugar. Yeah. Yeah. Less sugar in it. It is good on the golf course. I'll go with the G2 purple now. Look at you. You're health conscious now. Good job. As you get older, Bert, you got to watch that. But, uh, Hey, thanks for coming on with us. I appreciate it. Uh, sharing, sharing your knowledge and, and the insider of what you know. How do we you know, follow? How yeah, do we you follow know, you? How does everybody? How does everybody follow you? Because I mean, you don't need any more followers. You got a heavy number. There. Yeah, You're you can impressive. get me on my Instagram. If anybody wants to follow me on Instagram, that'd be helpful because Instagram's a little tougher. That's at Albert underscore Breer, and there then it's at Albert Breer on Twitter. So okay. anybody can follow me there. And then of course, SI, uh, you know, NBC Sports Boston, ninety eight five in Boston. Um, you know, Cowherd, Dan Patrick, Rich Eisen. There's a lot of places to find me. Are, well, Tuesday, are Tuesdays your favorite day because Monday morning quarterback's done and you get like sort of a little breather? Yeah. So Tuesday, I still have to say, I mean, there's no breather during the season really, but uh, I, I'd say my breather actually is probably during the season a little more so Friday and Saturday. It's like a, it's a little quieter. Um, and Saturday, I'm doing some prep work and everything else, but I would say Friday and Saturday sort of, I, I would say a little a little calmer for me than mm-hmm. earlier in the week. But now mm-hmm. I got like now my kids playing freaking hockey and yeah, so well, yeah, buddy. Welcome. Yeah. Five games this weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah you it's so much fun. Yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah, oh. we, we had uh, New Hampshire I games this year in New Hampshire, Rhode Island, Connecticut. He's six. He's Is six years old. Team? Who's he yeah. playing for? Same team? Who's he playing the for? The Bay State Bre- the Bay State Breakers. Oh boy. Oh boy. Did just yeah. Sure, it's a squad locker customer. It should so, be. That's right. Good. It's a, uh, it's 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 a lot of money and it's a lot of time uh, for the parents. But he great. loves it. So yeah. as long yep. as he loves it, as long as he likes it, we'll we'll, uh, we'll keep going with it. Yeah, it's a good sport, man. It's tough though. It is definitely yeah. tough on the parents. We I've been to New Hampshire. No, I went to Maine last weekend. New Hampshire the last two weekends ago. Maine last weekend. New Hampshire, Vermont this weekend. You went to really? Vermont. Okay, Vermont, we're going to Vermont, Vermont on like Friday that. for. Double header on Saturday. It's just it never ends. But hopefully the long travels winding down. You guys need a home game. Yeah. How old <laughs> yeah, you? Yeah, no, we've oh. only had one. What's uh? We're, he's twelve. How? So he's a second year okay. peewee. Which apparently, from what I've been told, next year is the bantam when they're starting to be able to check. That's like yeah. That's that's the year when they decide well, if they're going to continue like, or not. Yeah, if they can handle if they <laughs> yeah. can handle the check either. They can give it yeah. or take it. Yeah. You know, yep. but it's fun. I mean, it is a great sport to go watch just uh stay off the referees. They all suck, so you might as well just move on. Oh, are you yelling? Well, I, are you yelling? I don't yell. I don't. I do not yell at referees what do you anymore. Give, like the hand up. I know. Thing? I know we have a. Uh, I, I will say this. Like I. I know we have like a ref shortage here because I think things have gotten. Yeah. Uh, Did you see that article? That article is a crazy one. Gotten, things have gotten like pretty heated between the parents. I, I, I think I, I saw some video of like a fist fight. Like, a, like the dad literally went out on the ice and like I mean was throwing down with the ref. Which, yeah, they're down massive I don't know how, numbers. I don't know how you can, 
Yeah. I mean, hockey parents, that's the other thing. Hockey parents are definitely, I would say of the sports, my kids have been, you know, we, we've gotten you know, our two boys in lacrosse, soccer, flag football, like let them like kind of like letting them try everything. And hockey parents are definitely the most intense. There's no close second for that one. Nope, 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 no, no close second. And I, I mean, I get it. It's the one sport. It's like you drop your kid off, they go to practice and then you pick them up like hockey. It just seems like people stay, they watch practice. They think they're like mm-hmm. just as invested as their mm-hmm. kid is, which isn't true, <laughs> but it's just like, they, they go nuts. So yeah, you'll, I mean, it will get more crazy as he gets older. There's no doubt about that. But good luck. Good luck on the hockey parenting. And uh, thanks for joining us, buddy. All right. Thanks, guys. Anytime you need to let me know. All right. All right. Later. See you. Past Our Prime is brought to you by Squad Locker. Squad Locker is your one-stop shop for custom team apparel delivered right to your front door. Learn more by visiting squadlocker.com.